Good morning or afternoon, should I say. Today is February 11th, 2022. I want to welcome you all to the Who Better Than You podcast. My name is Greg Robinson. I'm the founder and CEO of Abar Capital Partners. Uh, we're an amazing organization. I got my team here with me. Um, today's episode, and I'm going to get right into it, guys. Today's episode is going to be something rather unique. Um, and uniquely enough, we pop in the cherry here. This is our inception episode. This is episode 001. Give it, I'm gonna give myself a round of applause, pat myself on the back. Hey, hey, shout out to AJ. That's my tech sound engine in the background. He does his thing. Yeah, you guys are gonna hear a lot from him. He's gonna always be with us to the end of time. I got Julio Vargas here. He's the executive vice president of strategic partnerships for our capital partners and a handful of other organizations. Let me get a round of applause for Julio. Hey guys. That's it? That's all you got? Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having Humble me. Humble giant, I see. Thank you. I got AJ on the ones and twos or fives and sixes. Hello, hello. Welcome to Zero Zero One. This is our episode. So, you know, today, um, this one hits home for me because of everything that we're going through right now, uh, the global economy, our domestic economy, living in a pandemic, um, changing times, the political climate, which I'm supposed to try to stay away from, but I'm not, of course. That, that just wouldn't speak to who I am. I wouldn't be the, the, the beast that I am, the real Freemason of today's world if I stayed away from the topic that no one wants to talk about. But today's topic is, is real unique. It's the five things you need to be a highly effective leader during turbulent times. And anybody who's been a leader in the past 36 months, I mean, this is really going to speak to you, right? Um, anybody who's been a part of a leadership team, because there is no one leader, there's always a team. And this is really going to speak to you. Um, it, it's, it spoke to me. It really hit home. And I, I have a couple of thoughts. I'm going to keep, I'm gonna do my best to keep it light. But y'all know what that means coming from me. It's going to be heavy. I'm going to do my best to keep it light. So the five things you need to be a highly effective leader during turbulent times. So I have this one listed as number five, but I think I'm going to start with it as number one because I think it's the most important. Um, you've got to stick. You, so if you're not familiar with the Mamba mentality, take an opportunity, look it up, even if you just Google it real quick and get the foundation of it. But I'm going to give you guys a little substance behind it. So the Mamba mentality is focusing on the process and trusting and hard work when it matters the most. I think as a leader, um, especially organizational leadership, particularly speaking, organizational leadership and sales leadership, when we start talking about being highly effective in your role during turbulent times, uh, to me, that's the cornerstone, right? Um, and it wasn't just a Kobe thing. It's a winner's thing. It's a competitor thing. You could be a competitor that never wins. Great spirit. But if you're a winning competitor, then one of the things that you always have to channel and do your best to, you know, to reach out to your ancestors in whatever form that you believe. Heck, reach out to Kobe. Send a word up to Kobe. Send a positive information. Let him send you some energy back. But you want to keep that pot. You need to have the Mamba mentality, right? You know, you got to ask yourself, who better than you? And you got to do that every day. You got to do that 10, 15, 20 times a day. Because you got to remember something. The people who work for you, the individuals that have come um, and decided to, to be on your ground, be your Marines, be your first soldiers, be on the front lines. You got to remember something. So you've probably got maybe 10% of them that are there for a paycheck, right? They just need a job and they're there for a paycheck. But the other 90%, they believe in you. They believe in you. They believe in your organization. They believe in you as an individual. They believe in you as a leader. They believe in what you're doing. They believe that you can be successful and they believe that they can be successful through you. It's like, they're almost living vicariously, 
through you, vicariously through you. So you, you have to keep that in mind. So they're always watching. And so, and I, I, I'm kind of old school in the sense that I believe that they are only as good as you are. It starts from the top and it kind of trickles its way down, right? So you have to really keep that mamba mentality. You have to focus on the process and you have to trust in the hard work when it matters the most. And doing turbulent times is when it matters the work the most, right? So you have to make sure that you're exhibiting healthy habits from the top down, winning habits from the top down. That you're keeping your mental conditioning in check, right? That you're staying in front of the that you're staying in front of the strategy. You're taking a proactive approach and not a reactive approach, right? That you're you're making sure that your team is getting the vision. You're the leader, so you're the visionary. They're getting the vision and that they're able to take it with their hands and they're able to mold it and create it into what it is that you need every day. And that they have faith in that. That's why uh, you, you're better off being a humble giant, in my own personal opinion. You, there's no absolute leadership. Communism only works on paper and including in business. That's why it's so important that you, and when you're focused on that process, you have to create healthy processes too. Solid, healthy processes. My own personal opinion. And a part of your process should be to have some type of a think tank, a town hall, but work with your team, work with the people, get their feedback. Remember, we, if you're creme de la creme, the elite of the elite, you've done the job done just about every job that they're doing, probably with the exception of AJ's job, because that's, that's super skilled. So if, if you're doing tech, you know, that's, that, 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 that's a thing. Uh, another big part of being an effective leader, especially during turbulent time, is, 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 is knowing who you are. A foot doctor should only tend to foot. So if you're not a foot doctor, don't worry about the foot. Right? And when you embrace that, you know to empower people and put people into play who that's what they do. Right? I'm, I'm not a software engineer. I tried for one day. I went to college for it for one day. And then after that, no more, right? I sell tech. I don't do tech, <laughs> right? So I'm not a software engineer. Um, I, I'm, I, and you got to know who you are. So when I found a talent like AJ, oh, I did my best to empower that talent, right? And to give him room too. Allow, he's, he, he, he's moving into new spaces. So mistakes are going to happen. It's not, about, it's not about the mistake that happened. It's not about what he did. It's about everything after that. And that's what real, that, that's what real leaders do, right? So you want to make sure you, you're... you're Focus on a process and that you're trusting in the hard work when it matters the most. And you should have the utmost confidence in the hard work, right? The only way that you're going to waver in your confidence in the hard work, remember, starts at the top. If you've gotten complacent and lazy, so you have to. Right? I think that's a, that, that happens to a lot of leaders, too, especially in turbulent times. We, we fall into our safety nets. And some of them, because, you know, let's just be honest, you know, we're, we've got a couple dollars. You know, some of us got a Santa Claus bag. So, so, so some of the things that we do, some of the activities that you're going to partake in are detrimental in order to relieve stress. So you, you have to keep those things in check, too. That's, that's another episode, right? But Mamba mentality, I think that's step one. And you truly, you have to focus on the process and you have to trust in the hard work when it matters the most. And you have to convey that message to your people, too. During turbulent times, you got to remind your people, you guys have been working hard. There's not a team that has been working harder than you guys, I believe wholeheartedly that I have found a way to cultivate the best talent in the market that was available at that time when I had a talent acquisition need. I got the best team on the face of the planet. You guys have been working hard every day. This is nothing. Even, even Siri wants me to say it again. You know, this is, this is, this is nothing, right? You've got to get up. You can't be afraid to, 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 to go out there and give them the emotional leadership, not just the strategic leadership, but the emotional leadership too. You can't be afraid. See, as leaders, we real quick to go out there and tear everybody down in their own little way, telling them that they suck, 
that they made a mistake, that they need to do better, that the 45 hours a week ain't enough, that 55 is still shortchanging you, but you'll take it. 65 is the only way you feel like you win it, but you don't want to pay time and a half either, right? <laughs> so uh, we, we, you, you've got you, to not only trust in them and motivate them, but you can't be scared to pick them up, man. You, and, and you've got to do that when it counts the most. And I'm going to tell every leader out here when it counts the most. It's, and it's not what you think. Who, Julio, when do you think it counts the most? Well, yeah, doing turbulent times, but what, what sentiment goes with it, if you guess? I'm going to tell you when it counts the most. You ready? Yes. When you start feeling insecure. When you start feeling, as the leader, when you start doubting yourself, when a little negative self-talk starts to creep in, when you start feeling like Rome is on fire, forget you. Go to the people. If you're feeling, remember, energy is transferable, transferable, right? So you got to keep in mind, as the leader, you're the conduit. Everybody's plugging into you to get it. Right, and they're doing it every day from the executive executive leadership team down. Everybody's plugging into you. You ain't thinking that way for no reason. I believe in mantras. I'm 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 a huge believer in metaphysics. Right, I believe fifty percent of religion. I believe religion keeps our keeps our heart healthy, right, and it gives us hope in mankind, and it gives us Mind hope in people, and it and it helps with your mental dexterity. It it gives you a, a place to turn for mental dexterity when you have nowhere else. But I believe metaphysics. It's also for the life here, now, today, and for tomorrow. We're big on what we manifest, right? Energy is transferable. Universal pay us dividends 360. You're going to get out what you put in. So when you start to feel that, especially when those echoes, see, I'm not crazy, but when you start getting those echoes in your head and it's getting louder and louder, that's because more of your, more of the people who believe in you, it, it, they need it. That's For me, to me, what I believe is that, so in the background and the things that you can't see, on your floor, in other parts of your office that you're not privy to, the more and more that it creeps into my heart, the more I, more I believe that you guys are saying it to each other. And now that doubt is starting to spread like a wildfire. So that's why you guys, even my staff will tell you, I will randomly, 1045 in the morning, out of nowhere, I'll pull everybody from what they're doing. And, and, and that's Tony Robbins' thing, right? You got to get everybody back on track. But you know what happened? At, at 10.35, at 11.35, it was going off in my head. I, like a siren. I had to smack myself up, right? I had to go look the man in the mirror, take a deep breath, and who better than you? And get, myself, and get myself back on the horse. There it is. Get myself back on the horse. I had to do that. So, you know, I think those things are important, right? Uh, the second, my second thing is mental endurance. Uh, as the leader during turbulent times, you have to make sure you're keeping your mental endurance and making sure that you've been doing the exercise and putting in the work for your mental endurance. And I'm not just talking about people. When I say endurance, people are thinking like, oh, I want you to, you know, as a, a fitness should be your sport, just like business is your sport. Right. So, yes, no, you should be physically fit. But you being mentally fit is probably more important than being physically fit. Your mental endurance is going to be so you can't get mentally fatigued during turbulent times. And it's easy. Because now you're running against the current. You're running uphill. Or you're running downhill with the weight of the world on your shoulders. So in order to be an effective leader, you have to make sure that you're keeping your mental endurance intact. Right? And if, you believe, if you're a religious person, pray for mental endurance. If you're a spiritual person, you need to manifest mental endurance. You need to, make, you need to have mantras that speak to mental endurance. Those mantras that you were talking about sound like the workout. 110% they are. You know, you when, 
Don't get it twisted. When I say you got to look the man in the mirror and ask him who's better than you, that is such a broad statement, right? In so many facets, there are sometimes I have to look myself in the mirror. Sometimes I take a break. I've gotten up in the middle of C-suite meetings and went to the bathroom, right? Closed that door, put my foot on it, gave myself a good pep talk. The mentor says, hey, you got to get your mental endurance up. You got to start sprinting, doing burpees, mental burpees or something. You got to get your mental endurance up. It, right now, it seems like you're running uphill against the current. You're not flowing, hovering. This is easy. It's not crazy. It's chaotic. Right. It's, but this is where you function the best, Greg. And chaos is where you find the greatest clarity. You, you have the ability. This is just like when you, I have to, sometimes I have to look myself in the mirror and say, Greg, this is just like when you're playing ball. You need to get the game to slow down. Right? I pace a lot too. That's my mental endurance. But when I'm pacing, Yes, it's physical, but when I'm pacing, it's my mental endurance. You know what I am? When I'm pacing, I'm organizing my thoughts. I'm working through the strategy. It's a meditation for me. I'm working through the strategy. I've highlighted all the things that have been plaguing me that I haven't been able to get a response to or that we need in order to get the next flow and get the next direction. And I'm gaming them. I'm, I'm in a war room in my mind. And I'm, that's my mental endurance. That's me doing the workouts. One and two and three and four and do your setups, right? Shout out to Kanye. That's me doing the workouts, right? Because the, the, the mental workouts, right? Uh, you have to keep your mental endurance, right? It, it, for me too, I lean on my mentors and other people that I look up to to make sure, right? I, I call uh, other executives that I worked for in the past before I became an executive myself, and I run them through the process, and I get their feedback, and I'm very open to it. That helps me with my mental endurance, right? Because you got to remember, as they're giving me their feedback from those experiences, because those guys have been winning for 20, 30 years, it's almost like I'm in the gym and I can, I can close my eyes and I can see it as I'm listening to them. One, busting down sets. Two, three, four, five. I'm getting, I'm getting reps in, right? Because now I'm plugging it into my process and running it in my brain. Okay, so how does this translate for me, right? I can, whenever, especially certain mentors that I'm talking to, I can close my eyes and see me on the elliptical, like I'm the rock, 135, right? I can see every strain in my dope just going, and I'm in, I'm in great shape, right? And, I, and I'm, I'm committed to my process. It's 435. I'm religious with it, right? Every day. I'm, I'm, that's what I see in my mind. So that helps me with my mental endurance. You, got, you, gotta, you, you have to really stay on top of your mental endurance, especially during turbulent times. Because remember, the people around you, have exchanged. Remember, your employees, man, they, they, not only do they believe in you, but you have to really channel something and remember something. They believe in you and your cause and what you're doing enough that they've exchanged their time for a monetary value, which is a portion of what they're worth. Let's just be honest, which yes. is a portion of what they're worth in order for you to win so that they can win through you. This, you, you I, I, a lot of times I think that leaders don't really, they don't give enough weight to what it really means when you're an executive leader and you agreed to come aboard. You're one of my leaders, my tech leaders, when you agreed to come here, when you agreed to stay during turbulent times. It didn't have anything to do with the money. This place ain't so great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe I run a stand-up business, but, you know, listen, this is not Google. I don't have Xbox um, X-Series set up with hammocks and lounge chairs, right? I don't have a masseuse on the second floor who's going to give you guys massages. Right? I don't have hard seltzers on the first floor in the break room and you guys get 30-minute breaks, right? Meditation. I don't have an edible lobby downstairs. You guys can go get a gummy and just relax, right? This, I don't have the greatest perks. This is the free world, right? So, and I don't have partners. I don't have investors. 
I have a great work environment, but I have a, a solid work environment. But I, what I have more for people is the ability for them to get out of their dream, right? So if you exchange your time with me, whatever it is that you've been dreaming about from a professional standpoint, I'll make that way for you. All you have to do is create it. And I will let you have that. I'm the first person to give it to you, right? We do the hard work and in return. I say it all the time, guys. I mean, we win together, we lose together, right? Okay. So there, that it's, it's so much more than just them getting a paycheck from you because they need a job. They, th those people are truly leveraging their time because they believe in you. They believe in your cause and they believe that they can win through you. So your mental, your mental endurance is so important. Making sure that you stay on top of that is so important. Because remember, we win together, we lose together. Your, men, your mental endurance is their mental endurance to an extent. Mental endurance comes in phases, whether it's the entry-level phase of your mental endurance or whether it's the level of mastery with your mental endurance. It's still your mental endurance. Yep. So I think we have to, you know, you got to keep those things in perspective. A huge one, mental dexterity. This ain't for the faint of heart. Right? Leadership, especially during turbulent times, is not for the faint of heart. It's not for the soft. Leadership in these turbulent times, it's for the elite. And I'm not talking the socially elite. I'm not talking the monetary elite. I'm talking about the elite doers, the elite strategists, the elite thinkers, the elite leaders. The ones who have figured it out, the ones who've been able to get out of their head, right? And stop working against themselves. And they, and they figured it out. The ones that have gained the highest, most elite level of self-confidence, they bet it all on them. They invest in themselves and they bet the house on them. Listen, when it comes to me, not only I bet my house on me, I bet yours and yours and anybody else who I can walk. If I can see you, I bet your house on me. Yeah, I don't care what you say. I got the mental dexterity that it takes to win. I used to pray. Yo, Julio, I used to pray at night. AJ, I used to pray. Mm. AJ, I used to, you know, I used to ask God when I prayed. Say, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, give it all to me. <laughs> give me all of it. Give me what's mine and give me what's for others. I can handle it all. Just right. give it all to me. Give it all to me and tell me what it is that you want me to do with it. I can handle it all. I can feed the village. Give, give, I want, mm -hmm. but I, I, I used, and I, I'm serious. I used to talk to God and say, God, but I don't want you to just give me the good. I want you to give me the bad too. I got it. Who better than me, God? You put me here. <laughs> there we go. Who better than me? You put me here. Don't just give me mine. Give me everyone else's too. Give me the good and the bad. I'm going to make sure that it goes where you want it to go. But you give it all to me, the good and the bad. I can do it. I can deal with it. I often say to uh, a lot of our executives, several of our executive leaders, Bill, Jerome, Julio, I tell these guys all the time, it's all right. Our shoulders are big enough. We can handle it. Right? Because it's the truth. My shoulder's that big. I can carry mine and yours. I got the mental, I have the mental dexterity for that, right? Why, when people, well, even in strategies, when things are going wrong, when we, have, when we have to pivot, I noticed a lot of times, I look around the room, and even, especially when I'm dealing with other leaders, right, especially organizational leaders, some of our strategic partners, they're the leaders, leadership from their organization. They're losing their wits. They're crazy. They're losing their wits. They've lost their mental endurance and their mental dexterity because of the stress from these turbulent times. And I get it. It just changes the way that they're thinking, and it's not productive. It's, it, you know, it, it's a sentiment that's a, it's such a waste. It's not productive, right? They lose their wits. And when they're losing their wits, I remind myself, but you're the founder and CEO. It's your job to find opportunities where other find problems. Sit down. Pick it apart. There's a W somewhere. There's a win somewhere here. 
And I, I, I often even take the opportunity, I use that mental dexterity even when I'm dealing with our strategic partners, the other executive leaders from other organizations, and I tell them, hey, let's take a step back. I think there's more opportunity here than what you can envision right now. On the other side of this thing, when the smoke clears, if we buckle our knees, guys, we'll emerge as, we'll emerge as market leaders. So let's, let's, we've got to stand tall. The rest of the world is freaking out. We have to get ready to go forward. Right? We, there are hundreds of people that are waiting on us to give solution. So we can't waste this emotion right now. Every emotion counts, right? And, and I have to try to keep that. Men, I, I keep, you have to have that mental dexterity. It's just, it's so important. If I started to believe that everything was over, that we lost, that the building was on fire, Rome is on fire, right? If I started to believe that, Start not taking start shots. Start not taking shots. And I, you know, I didn't want to do the cliche thing, but I had to. But you miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. You miss 100% of the opportunities. That, and look, I know that that's cliche. Every sales leader says that, right? Every motivational speaker says that. But in its own way, it's the truth, right? You start missing shots. If you, you, so you, 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 you have to stay grounded and make sure that you, you work. And make sure you're doing it, the, the, the exercising and, and the training and the regimen and, and participating in the healthy habits that it takes in order to have mental dexterity. And that's another part. I'm going to give you guys those jewels. That's a separate podcast. And believe it or not, it's got everything to do with what you put into the think tank, not what comes out. But that's a separate podcast, right? Let's move on to it. This is, so for me, this is huge. You're going to have to have a level of mastery with your emotional intelligence in order to be an effective leader during turbulence. People are going to freak out. Staff, managers, your partners, other leaders, the secretary. They're going to freak out. People are, people, people are going to get worried, especially when, when, when the status quo starts to get turbulent. Right? I don't want to keep pointing on that. But when the, ta- when the, when the status quo starts to get turbulent, right? When things kind of start to get rocky that's where the dexterity and endurance and the endurance come in you have to have the endurance and dexterity to cover to cover other lack of and their lack of right aj and in order for you to cover that productively and effectively you're gonna have to utilize a level of mastery with your emotional intelligence there is no blanket for see as a leader one thing we we, I've, i've watched leaders make mistakes on our past See, there's no blanket. There is no way to deal with everyone the same. That's impossible. I don't care what anybody tells you. If you deal with everybody the same, if you've got a cookie-cutter way that you deal with people, you're never going to be successful. That's just not how the ecosystem of life works. That's not how the ecosystem of entrepreneurship works. That's not how the ecosystem of people works. If everybody was a daisy, you know, well, yeah. they'd be one thing, but they're not. There, there has to be, there's over a thousand different species of flowers alone that goes to tell you there's no one cookie-cutter for nothing. Look at how genetic and genetic patterns work. Advil works for you, but Advil sucks. Advil works for me. Advil sucks for you. Ibuprofen works better. There is no cookie cutter. Right? There is no one size fits all. Everything is a tailored approach. And but your the mat the level of mastery with your emotional intelligence is gonna help you to deal with your key stakeholders and the people on a one-on-one basis to help get them back on the board. I have personalities that work for me that need a hard approach. They need me to put their foot on their necks and it recharges them. It gets them going in the right direction. Now I have other personalities for me that if I put their foot on their necks, I won't get anything out of them, right? I have certain personalities that all I need to do is call them in my office, close the door and sit them down and say, okay, so let's level. Okay, I'm going to tell you exactly where we're at and here's the plan. Let me know how you feel. And once I do that for them, 
they've been recharged. They're back on board. There's certain ones. I have certain employees that it's not even a conversation. I have to call them in my office, close the door, give them a hug, about two minutes, and ask them, hey, man, what's that in there? Get back out. Go back out there and start helping. I know you got, sometimes I have to stop them and say, you got personal issues in your life. I get it. I know what you do. The worst things get at home are to you. The more you get involved, the, the, the more you get indated in your craft, the more you lean on your profession, because success helps to mitigate all problems. The more you win, be surprised how much you're able to work things out. When you so the worst thing, you, you're having a hard time with your wife, work harder. You and your husband are not getting along. Use it as fuel. Work harder. You're not getting along with your parents, work harder. And don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I, I get I'm the, I, I'm the leader, right? So, of course, I, I want their, uh, their bad times to turn into a 50-hour work week for me, right? <laughs> but I want it. But, it's, but that's the thing. It's not for me. It's for them. It's only so much for me. Maybe The truth is only maybe 20% of it is for me and for the organization. The rest of it, believe it or not, is for you. I say this all the time. The only way, how, how do you change your compensation package? It's bullets on your resume. Bullets on your resume. Experience. The only way you're going to get experience is putting in reps. It takes hours. How many hours does it take to get to a level of mastery, right? We know that. We know that. that water, smooth water is never it made a sailor. Not one day. Not one day. Smooth waters has never made a sailor. Not one day. And, and that's, yo, AJ, that's so powerful, right? So we have to get to a level of, you have to reach a level of mastery with your emotional intelligence. You got to know your staff, know your personnel, right? They talk about that in basketball, too. Scouting reports, know your personnel. I know Julio knows about that one. He's the social right. guy in the office. Right. Yeah, comes in, talks to He us. knows. He comes in. He gives you. That's one of the beautiful things about, about having Julio come aboard at Avar Capital Partners, right, was that he is such a chief diplomat and a people person, right? So, and, and, and we need that on a day-to-day basis. You'd be surprised on how much it changed that. But that level of mastery with the emotional intelligence, and it isn't, you know, I, it isn't me grabbing everybody or going one-on-one and telling everybody that they're being a bunch of wussies. And they need to, you know, buckle down and they need to work harder and they're not working harder enough. No, see, that's old school stuff. That doesn't work. That's not a level of mastery with emotional intelligence. That's a lack there of emotional intelligence at all, even intermediate or basic or beginner's level of emotional intelligence. Almost made me wonder what year you were born. We know there's a certain decade that emotional intelligence wasn't a thing, right? I don't want to say um, boom or boomers, right? Um, but we know that there was a time frame somewhere, a, a unique point in, in the world, where emotional intelligence wasn't a thing, right? And then it got introduced to It was more blanket cover it than deal with more it. More blanket process. cover it than deal yeah. with the processes. It was more, you don't have to like it, you have to do it. No one cares if right. you like it. Which that works it for does. some. But, but when you talked about emotional intelligence, I think it's, it's ranging whether that's going to work for someone or you need to take a different approach. You know, it's not the only... Uh... That's the highest level of emotional intelligence is realizing that being able to quickly identify what approach you need to take in order for your message to touch the person you're trying to convey it to. Remember, it's, it's, people get things so confused. They always say, oh, well, that isn't what I said or that's not what I meant. The value, the heaviness, is never in what you said. It's how it's perceived. It doesn't... How someone perceived it is more important and more valuable than what you meant to say, what your intent was, because intent is for children. Right? It is. Intent is for children. Emotional intelligence is for adults. You can have, when I'm dealing with my, my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, my 5-year-old daughter, you know, I, and, and, and 
one of, one of the biggest things I've been trying to get even my five-year-old to understand is that you're going to come to a point where no one cares about your intent. It's going to, at that particular point, it's going to be all about the level of mastery with your emotional intelligence. My mom gave me a pep talk like that a few weeks ago. She called me up and she said, you know, Greg, you're 35 years old now and you're hyper successful. I'm so proud of you, son. Did it, did it your way. I did it my way. Good old Frank. Good old Frank. Yeah. Um, and I'm with her. But I understood what she was trying to convey to me, too. She said, but you know, you're 35, 36 on your birthday. I want you to understand something. You're at that age where no one gives a, you know what, about your intent. No one gives a, a about your intent. Because you're, you're, you should be at a level of mastery with your emotional intelligence where your intent is always what's conveyed in your action. Right? Intent. All right. Intent. She said to me, she said, Greg, before I, want you, before I let you go, I want you to remember something. Intent is children, teenagers, You got to let that sink in. Intent is for children, teenagers, toddlers. You need to be using your emotional intelligence to navigate all things in your life, not intent. Because typically, when people put intent in a statement, not only does it change the narrative, but typically when we hear intent, we're about to hear how everything went wrong, but that's not how you wanted it to go or how someone wanted it to go or that that. Things didn't go as you said it was, not a man of your word. And here's the reason why. And like she said, reason equals excuse. And she's told me that my whole life, reason equals excuse. Right? So you have to, and she's right, you have to use your emotional intelligence to navigate all things. Where at that point, nobody cares about your intent. So neither do your employees. Right? Neither do the people who lean on you for leadership. They don't care that you came out there to give them, give them a motivational talk, to give them a, a war, a rally cry. No one cares that you came out there to give them the halftime speech to send them back out. And it didn't go the right way. That you ended up making them feel bad. That you ended up beating them down, standing on their necks, killing their production. Which essentially killed your production because they were on a roll until you opened your big mouth. Right? And now for the rest of the day, they're going to be on an FU campaign. Right? So, I mean, we, we, we want to be mindful of that. Right? You need to be at a level of mastery with your emotional intelligence if you're going to be an effective for doing turbulent times. And knowledge of self. You got to know who you are. And you got to know who you are beyond the shadow of a doubt. And that takes a high level. I mean, that, that right there takes all of these things, mental endurance, mental dexterity, emotional intelligence, the mama mentality. That's, that's, so that's your individual heart. You've got to know who you are because remember, you, you, you're not the same person. I'm not the same person yesterday as I am today. I've said it that scan. I learned so, yesterday was such a learning experience for me. And you know, one of the beautiful things about where I'm at right now in my age being middle age and having the success that I've had and being middle age, I've been living long enough now to finally get some respect, right? Um, I, I won't say I it's, I, I wouldn't say it's middle age, but, for, but if you, if, 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 to me, I, thank you. But to me, I'm looking at it, I try to live in reality, you know. So my hair not quite as thick as it used to be. My dad bod is on fleek, right? I embrace my dad bod now. Um, I need to get to sleep earlier. I'm a little cranky, you know. Certain foods don't settle right with me now. Gas feels like a heart attack. Indigestion feels like a, kind of like I'm having a 
panic attack or anxiety attack. So I, I wanted, one of the things that I embrace is why I'm far from old. I definitely don't feel the same way I felt waking up every day at 19 years old, right? I'm so much more efficient, but the system needs a little bit more maintenance now, right? So I embrace, I, I do my best to embrace that. But, um, you know, that's the beautiful thing about where I'm at in life now and where I think every successful leader has to be. They have to have knowledge of self. And you have to have a, you got to keep a constant pulse on that because you're evolving every day, every week, every month, every quarter. You're most certainly evolving every tax season if you're doing this right. Right? So the, the evolution is just, ascension is insane. So, and if, and if you don't have knowledge of self, you can lose touch with who you are now. And without that knowledge of self, from a professional standpoint, you can't give, you're the visionary. You can't give the people the knowledge of who they are professionally if you don't have knowledge of self. You can't empower them professionally if you don't have knowledge of self. You can't give them the strategy and the leadership without knowledge of self because knowledge of self removes any doubt. When you know who you are, like the old people say, especially in my culture, you can't unknow what you know, can't unsee what you've seen, can't unhear what you've heard. So knowledge of self is so important because things, things change so much. And just imagine, uh, if you don't have enough knowledge of self, you, you, you're going to keep changing the direction of your organization. You're going to keep changing the direction of your process, the direction of your people. You're going to keep changing your core values, your manifestos. You've got to know, you've gotta, you, you have really, you, you have to be at a level of mastery with your knowledge of self. Because there are some times where I, where I can stop myself as a leader in the strategy and all, especially in the strategy, and say, Greg, you're being overzealous. Hey, Greg, you're missing something. Greg, you're not giving it enough credit. Hey, Greg, devil's in the detail. That's knowledge of self. That's me knowing that these are, these are opportunities that I, I have missed in the past, right? And now, the most healthy thing about that knowledge of self is that, so, Julio, do you know what the second evolution of trauma is? What wisdom. wisdom. That's what happens with, that's what, so all wisdom is, is, uh, is trauma processed in a healthy way. That's all to me, in my opinion. Living, living yep. So no, no problems, only oh, no opportunities. Opportunity. No problem. I don't, I don't. It's yeah, uh, take, mental dexterity to twist the problem. problem. Yeah. They just say all the time, we don't take L's. There's no losses here. Those, those are, are lessons, lessons those right? Are lessons. Th those are lessons. Those that's wisdom. All wisdom is is a trauma processed in a healthy and productive fashion. It ascends or evolves into wisdom, right? That's just, and, that, and I'm a big believer in that, right? So you need to have knowledge of self. My knowledge of self, let me know. When I, when I, when I started my business, this third one, because this is the, the, the first two were terribly unsuccessful. Oh, I felt miserable, right? In reality, right? I felt, I got it right the third and fourth time. It's the first two times, no. But I learned so much. You could have told me I failed. My articles in corporations was like an MVP trophy for me. My first one, I still got them. I even overpaid LegalZoom to send them to me in some fancy books. And that business failed, I don't know, two and a half years later. And the truth is, I can't even say it failed because it would have had to have been working to fail. <laughs> right? But, but, but I learned so much, right? But right? you took you the shot. Because I, I, I was, I, how else was I ever going to make it? I took a bunch of shots, and eventually, like Ray Allen says, how do you get out of a shooting slump? You keep shooting. Keep eventually, shooting. I started knocking them down, right? But I just kept shooting. 
And Julio, I was building a 20,000 square foot mansion brick by brick. <laughs> Cleaning off the backboard. Just did not sound good. And I'm, I'm missing wide open layups at the rim, right? I'm missing uncontested mid-range jump shots. I'm missing wide open threes. I'm missing floaters. <laughs> I, I was missing every, but you know what? Under, but I tell you what, here's where I was winning at because there's a win in everything. I was playing Ron Artest and Scottie Pippen defense stuff. Right? And eventually, those steals, those turnovers, those hard picks and screens, they turned into points. Right? And, 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 and it's crazy because in keeping to the fundamentals, that's how I got great. Right? It's, I started out, when I started in business, since I was missing so many shots, I just did my best to help others. I started doing it tangibly. Right? If this was basketball, if this was football, I like basketball because the world loves basketball. People hate Roger Goodell, so it's hard. Um, but the, 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 there's an international love for basketball now. And I think that there is, there is um, an unseen amount of poetry in the intangible of The hard screen, the hard pick, right? The hard rolls to the basket, the lockdown perimeter defense, the coming off of hard screens and popping in the right spot. No matter how fatigued and tired you are, you keep moving off the basketball so that you got motion offense, creating mismatches, right? Okay, managing, managing your time. time, right? The garbage can stuff, the Dennis Rodman stuff, the diving on the floor for the ball, falling in the stands. Those things are W's. Those are points. They just are not assessed to you. But what happens when you do them enough? Now you know what spots to be because you've been dishing. You've been, hey, I've been falling on the ground, right? Fighting for a rebound. And then I dish it to somebody who's knocking it down. And they seem to hit it from this spot, right-hand corner, every time. So now I'm learning where to be to take the shot. But it took me, I had to work for someone else for 15 years in their process, right, and, and make them successful and make them successful over and over again. And I lost a lot of their money too. And I think about a hindsight 2020, thank God it wasn't mine. I learned on somebody else's dollar and dime, right? Yeah. Learned on somebody else's dollar and dime. But... Um, I had to make them successful in order to learn how to make myself successful. How can I make myself successful if I can never do it for anybody else, right? How can you lead if you can't follow? The first successful form of leadership is your ability to follow. You'll never learn to lead if you can't follow, right? So um, you, you, your knowledge of self, that's, kind, that's one of the biggest things that got me here today. And it's one of the things that has kept me successful and kept me winning through turbulent times. And anybody who knows our industry, who knows our space knows that there's turbulent time. And, and my strategic partners came from all across the United States of America, right? And they came here and they visited offices, places that they had contracts and other agreements they had never seen that, they had never did a site visit. And the doors were closed. The owners changed their phone number. Computers were sold on Craigslist and on OfferUp. You know, we, they, we, we, they missed one payday in the accounts receivable and they went out of business. And in the past five months, you only got paid twice, and my staff is still intact. We're still here every day. Because when the smoke clears, and which it is, we're going to emerge, emerge, reemerge as a market leader in the new format underneath the new ecosystem. And we are. You know, we put yep. together these amazing opportunities now underneath the new guidelines and regulations, and we're highly sought after. We're turning down contracts now. Because we're, that's, but, but, but look, the knowledge of self allowed for me to make the right decisions and to utilize my team to make the right decisions so that we could buckle our knees and weather a storm. And now we've got things clicking and rolling 
clicking on all cylinders again, right? And we didn't lose anything. Nothing got repo. Nothing got turned off. Don't get, my, my team, my core team, my AJs, my actually units, made actually they made, made us better. better. We became more efficient, right? I, you know, that, that thing about being patient and having the emotional intelligence, right? Right? And having the mental dexterity and the endurance. My mental endurance gave me the bandwidth to let AJ figure out how to automate 50% of our work. Which he's... And doing such a great job, right? And so even when our service hour changed and our billable changed, because I empowered my support group around me, my team around me, they found the most effective and efficient ways for us to pivot, right? And, and created a high level of efficiency. Now, we were able to keep a lot of people in tech, but by the time AJ was done, uh, we really didn't need half of those people. What we needed to do was find a more valuable role and purpose for them, find a way to fill their day with more value and more purpose-driven activities, right? But, but uh, now imagine if I didn't practice some of the things that we've been talking about in this podcast, and uh, my word was the end-all, be-all, and I am, you know, I am Caesar, and this is Rome, and, you know, I don't empower my people. You're only good for what I hired you for, s- set up and dribble type of situation, right? We're, we're, would I have figured that out? No. I would not. I would not. I understood. I have knowledge of self. I let foot doctors tend to foots. I'm the CEO of the company. I'm the founder, right? By skill set, by trade, by experience, I'm a sales leader, a health informatics sales leader, a technology sales leader. I sell tech. I don't do tech. So I, when I had division, I entrusted in the people who do it. I'm, I don't know if AJ can sell tech. I know damn well he can do it. <laughs> right, I, I entrusted in those guys, and he'll figure it out. Right, I entrust, and look, it, it was a it was an uphill battle. That dexterity, though, I'm sure he made mistakes. I don't know about him. I know about a handful of them, but I didn't care about AJ's mistakes. I cared about everything he did after that. The mistakes. One one good thing I can say about the mistakes, and I said to Jay all the time when they bring me different mistakes that people have made. Well, here's the good thing: they probably won't make that one twice. Got it out the way. Right, that's which which what I just ran through with you guys is every bit of what I've been giving you. From the mental dexterity, right? Mamba mentality, mental endurance, the mastery of emotional intelligence, all of that trickles down to your knowledge of self. When you when you've got these, when you've got the things before it highlighted, when you got those found things down packed, you're gonna have knowledge of self. I can't say it enough. A foot doctor should only tend to foot. You gotta know what you do. I hire a CPA, I'm not an accountant. I'm not. And the day that I start to believe that I am is when I'll start to make mistakes. I know who I am. I also know who I am. Right? And I'm not shy about empowering those people. I am a strong enough leader that if I get enough details and facts, I can make a good decision. So I just need to make sure that I'm trusting the channel that it comes at, that I trust people are the foot doctor. Right? I can, but I can filter through and analyze the information that they bring me back and help them to make a good decision without me knowing the intricate workings of everything they do. That also boils back down to that. Which confidence. ties into the time management. That time management is vital. you got to be able to... Determine what you're going to do and what you need to rely to, on. To rely on others to do. And you got to know who to, and look, we all fall, fall shy in that. I have. I, on a regular basis, that's one of the things, knowledge of stuff, I have to check myself. Right? Time management. And final, and we're going to close this off. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave this episode 001 of Better Than You podcast. I'm going to close it with this statement here and with this fifth and final bullet. Because if you really think about it, the mental endurance and dexterity is kind of one bullet. But I'm going I'm to leave it with this final point. The mental 
the mentors and support systems. You gotta have it. My grandmother used to tell me, and she's still alive. My dad's mom in particular used to tell me, son, when you get so big that nobody can tell you nothing, nobody can say anything to you, and there's no one in the world that can govern you, your demise imminent. You need a strong group. You Even the top leader in the business, I'm the CEO, the founder, and I have mentors and a, an executive leadership support system that I call, that I lean on. My other executives that work for me, I pull them into think tanks. I pull my managers into think tanks. And we walk it. Sometimes it takes two hours, but we're not leaving here until we have a clear path. And I kick it off. You've been in those a million times. You've been in them in, 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 with other organizations too. To the point, other executive leaders from other organizations bring me in to help them do that, right? They bring us certain problems that because they want us to unravel it because me and my team will unravel it. And we go in a room and I don't know it all. So I tell them what I got and then we go around the room. AJ, what you got? Julio, what do you got? Bill, what do you got? What are you thinking? All right. We're like a real team. We bounce it off. We put it, we war game it to death. And what and what we come out with is a solution. And it and it's and it we and this isn't the lion's den. This isn't, you know what I mean? This isn't who who's gonna stay alive. You don't need to feed anybody anywhere. I don't care. What we 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 go to war in there. Sometimes it ends, sometimes we scream and shout at each other. It gets volatile. You, you get it done. I threw a chair one time. I'm not proud of that. Not proud of that. I threw a chair and a water bottle. I broke two staplers. Not proud of that. But me and my team, we stayed in there. And we stayed in that think tank, right? Because they're my support system. And whatever else I had questions on, Ira Bernstein, great. Um, this guy changed my career. Not only he changed my career, he set the precedence for everything that I'm doing today, right? Mike Pereira. CFO of Chris Marketing taught me so much, taught me so much. Uh, my, my, my father, who's been an executive leader and minority executive leader the past 40 years. Um, I have a whole team. My, my oldest brother, uh, my second oldest brother, Tony, is, uh, who's been in a mid and upper level leadership role in some of the largest organizations in America, in the world, in global organizations, right? Um, I lean on these guys. I'm not shy about saying, hey, so I, I'm in a spot. Mike Jacoby. Michael Jacoby, probably the biggest one. And Michael Jacoby is the, and when he hears this, this podcast, he's going he's gonna to smirk because he hates when I do this. But Michael, Michael Jacoby, if you ask me, he's the god of sales ops. Sales ops god. Right? He, I mean, that guy, Ira Bernstein, Mike Jacoby, these guys, I lean on them. And I'm not shy about reaching out to them. Saying, hey, here's where we're at organization. I got this thing. I ask, hey, you got a minute? I want to run something. And I'm not, I don't try to stand up there and figure and, and say I know it all because I've been successful. So now I want, to, I want to talk like I'm Albert Einstein or something. No, 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 no. I get, I get emotionally naked with them and talk to them about my fears, my, my leadership fears, the things that are keeping me up at night, the obstacles that we're up against. The things that as an executive leader, I didn't have any experience in because I had those guys that they navigated those channels and now I'm up against it. What were some of the things that they did to get through it? And I, and I take note of them. I write down all the bullets. I'll call them all tonight and spend five hours talking to each one of them and get all the bullets. And then I will take me and my team will go back and put them on the board and see what fits our system, our culture, our infrastructure, what's going to work. And we walk through it. 
and we win. And we, and we win in the most effective and efficient manner, right? Because your, your mentors and your support system, your, your, your tribal council of success, that's so pivotal. It's so important. There's been time, when AJ, when you first started the company, when I met you in the second office, in our satellite office, I, he was working on like 100 things for me already. And I walked in and I looked at him and I said, AJ, listen to me. I don't know what the hell you're doing. I sell tech. I don't do tech. Walk me through it. Get me up to speed. How is it working? How do, and then I ran him through a couple of things. Here's, my, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'd like to do. I was even honest. Hey, AJ, here's my expectation. Help me align it. I, I believe that you guys, you and, and your partner back here in the tech department, I believe you guys can turn this around in 72 hours. But I don't do it, so I'm guessing. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not tech like you are. So I'm really just guessing. How, what's the appropriate expectation? Funny enough, his partner said it could be done in 48 hours. And AJ, I had met him 10 minutes before that. You know what AJ told me? Well, Greg, hold on. <laughs> he said, look, uh, I want to say best case scenario I can have it done for the end of, by the end of the week. Worst case scenario, Greg, I need about two weeks and maybe even a few more days after two weeks, but it'll be right. I had to, at, at that time, I was like, that's my guy. One big thing I struggle with as a leader is nobody will tell me the freaking truth. Everybody's always telling me what I want to hear. And I say it to you all the time. There's no way I'm right that often. That's a lie. Somebody, they're lying to me. No, every, every, nobody's telling me the truth. AJ told me the truth. He stopped his partner. And his partner worked here before him. He's the one who bought him here. He stopped him and said, well, wait, then hold on. Hey, Greg, not, not exactly. Best case scenario, we can have it done by the end of the week. But worst case scenario, I'm going to need two weeks and maybe a little bit more time than that. But, and I told him, I said, perfect. If you need more time, reach out to me. Let me know by Thursday. Just let me know where we're at. With you let me know by Wednesday evening. Hey, I'm still working on it, but we're going to need a few more days. Really, it actually took them two and a half weeks to get it done. But when he finally was done, it was done right. And I learned so much from AJ in that time frame. And guess what? Yeah, he told him not what you wanted to hear. What I needed to hear. And by me being mutable and, and having the mental dexterity and having mental endurance, and the mama mentality. By me doing those things, what the finished project that him and Dan gave me was greater, better than I could have ever imagined. It was amazing. And they put up like three different websites like that, integrated with Adobe Flash stuff going on and background stuff coming in, Ascension, it was amazing, right? And it was ready to go. It was ready to go. We had some little minor details we work out, but the devil's in the details. It was greater than I could have ever imagined, right? And, and I learned that on a call, I ran some situations by Ira Bernstein and by um, Mike Jacoby. And both of them told me the same thing. You got to be patient and you got to trust those things. And, 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 and Mike Jacoby told me, Greg, do you do tech? I said, no. He said, so then your expectation of that project, you're guessing. Are you a programmer? Are you a coder? I said, no. He said, do you even do web design? I said, no. Do you know how to use WordPress? I said, no. He said, so then how do you have an expectation of how long it's going to take? Right? He humbled me in that moment. In that moment, he told, and, and he's right. So what you need to do, whoever your tech guys are, go back to them and tell them to give you several timelines. Tell them to give you the best case scenario or the worst case scenario about how long it's going to take to get things done and how long it's going to take to get things done right. And then you hold them accountable to that. I said, okay, you know what? I can do that. He goes, so many times executive leaders make the mistake not remembering foot doctors should tend to foots. So now, they're working on somebody's heart, but they're a foot doctor, and now they have this expectation. 
How do you have an expectation of something you don't know how to do? Who will? I don't have an expectation of how long it's going to take to change a radiator in the car because I'm not a mechanic. But you know what I do do? I, I'll go to the service technician and the mechanic and say, hey, in your experience and vehicles like mine with a similar issue, how do you think it takes to resolve this? Worst case scenario, best case scenario, I don't think it takes to resolve this kind of issue. And then you know what I do? I add 50% on that. And it's funny because from a technical standpoint, you got, you know, uh, the emotional, the emotional uh, energy that it takes to talk to an executive and tell them, hey, look, what you think may happen may not be really realistic. Is, it's a lot, you know, it, it, it's pretty challenging. Yeah, you got to have mental fortitude. You got to have cover that. Then. Yeah, fortitude, definitely. Right? Yeah. And then, and then going to the drawing board and starting the project, you know, you have your own expectations, but... Every problem is different. Every avenue is different. Once you start getting work done, you might realize something's really off or something's really on board. And, you know, things can change in a matter of seconds. So that's right, AJ. Yeah, AJ, how many times have we been, have we been working on a, a very intricate project and you come back and, you, and, and AJ has walked in my office and said, hey, Greg, I just want to give you an update. So we ran into, got some, we ran into some bottles. I'm working through them a couple times, but I'm going to work all night through them if I have to. But we're going to need some more time because, see, that's the beautiful thing about DevOps. As you're using technology, as you're leveraging technology to make operations more efficient and you're developing that process and that infrastructure, you're also going to develop unforeseen issues. You're going to develop, you're going to run into things that the six hours we spend in the think tank for onboarding meetings and for beta meetings, uh, we forgot that. Right? Because you're not gonna get, you're not gonna catch them all. You're never gonna catch them all. Oh. No, and and the operations themselves evolve with time. time. So a par a partner, you, know, you start up, implementing something. People don't like this about it. Oh, all of a sudden we're doing this yep, instead. Yeah, because they, they feel like to their own autonomy is more efficient. Or how many times have we have a strategic partner come back and say, "Scrap it, let's do it this way," and then it's back to the drawing board. Look, the good thing is though we're always ahead of the game because we did have our strategic meetings. We did go into the war room, right? So. There are so many things that we have already got figured out, even in the early production phase, in early engineering phases, in, in, in early infrastructure and processing phases. There's so much of it that we're able to get done lightning fast, very lean and very agile, because we took the time. Screw the emails. Screw the text messages, because there's so much that gets lost in that. Carve out the time to get your team in a room and do what people did before Zoom and cell phones. Talk about it. <laughs> And allow everybody to be honest. Don't crucify someone for what they don't know. That's the point. We need to figure, okay, so now we've laid out everything that everybody, every stakeholder knows. So now let's find out what we don't know. So I need to know what you don't know. What we don't know is the unknown. You know, it's, this, is, this is, hey, kids, this is probably the one time in life that as you become an adult, algebra will make sense. Right? The algebra will finally make sense. Because once you lay out everything that you know, the, the equals X is there now. Now, now we need to define what, what, so now what are we trying to discover? What is X? What don't we know? What's, What's the, the function? function? Right? What don't we know? What's, what, what is the function? Is it labor intensive? Is it, okay, is it financially intensive? Even when I ask uh, AJ to take on certain IT projects, I have to keep in mind, hey, so whatever budget you set for those guys, that stuff is going to go up, Right? People think tech is just, you know, some plugs and some chips. No, 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 no. Even storage costs money, 
right? All of these things, they, so, so, but how do we know? We get in the room together and we do all, we, all the things that I've highlighted that it takes to be a successful leader during turbulent times, I, 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 I walk it like I talk it. My, anybody who works for our capital partners or any of our subsidies will tell you, no, we do this in real time. We do this every day, all day. You know, so with that said, you know, your mentors, your support systems, have them reach out to them, be candid with them, be honest with them, be transparent. You don't know it all. And you did not get here because you knew it all. You got here. One of three things, a blessing from God or the universe, being prepared to accept the opportunity in abundance, which is what points back to the universe, or through hard work. And at some particular point, you actually did all of these things. You just lost your way. Find out why. One, one of the three. I'm going to go ahead and make my exit. I think this has been powerful. I mean, it's been, I mean, I went on a tyrant because it's, it's so important to me, right? And I think it's something that nobody's really talking about. But more importantly, the, the, here's, the, here's the bonus. You cannot be afraid to go in that bathroom, get in front of that mirror, take a deep breath, and look that man in the mirror and ask him one question. Who better than you? Hey, I want to thank you guys for joining us again. It's February 11th. This is episode 001 of the Who Better Than You podcast. My name is Greg Robinson, the biggest stuffer on the face of the planet. Head honcho, jefe, el jefe, el patron, however you want to say it. And I embody that. I am the Kobe Bryant. I am the Michael Jordan of SMB, of entrepreneurship. And I, I am what is known in today's world. What has evolved in today? A true Freemason. I built free enterprise. I built my freedom. And I, I guaranteed that the ecosystem around me was going to eat. And I did it brick by brick with the highest level of mastery. So I am entrepreneur. That's, a, that's another podcast to come. What is entrepreneurs today? What are they? Who are they? What are they? We are the Freemasons of today's world because we build business. We build enterprise. We build future brick by brick. That's what we do. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Who Better Than You podcast. My name is Greg Robinson. I'm signing out.